Hello, and welcome to an abrasive episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Jake Creeley out of Buffalo, New York. Jake runs a company called Ashford Drywall and happens to be one of the largest companies we've had on the show. We talk about that and we talk about his real estate endeavors. Oh, and we also talk about a little invention he created called the Spy Sponge. So when we first, you know, gave it to our um, um, our tapers, I'm trying to think. It was probably almost a year before we launched, and I wanted them to beat it up, uh, which yeah, they did. Smart. They a lot of them don't take care of their tools, so it was a good yeah. sample test. And we didn't even let them know that um, there was anything that I created. Um, oh, I, wow. I Smart. To, yeah. You know, we just handed it to them and said, hey, we bought it offline. Uh, one of the drywall. Yeah, we bought it offline because we didn't want them looking. We wanted to get honest feedback. And yeah. um, we had, I would say, probably at least 60% that really love, love the product. Um, then we always had, I would say, at least another 30% that were just kind of like, well, it's not bright enough. Oh, it's too bright and it shows too much of my work. Um, hey, can you make the lights dual on both sides? Which I knew that was sure. something I was going to do, but I wanted to launch with this product first. Jake has received an utility patent for the spy sponge, and we discuss a little bit of that as well. This month's podcasts are brought to you by Platformer Solutions. You can listen to me talk with Shane Larson about the Platformer on episode 16 of the Drywall Podcast. Don't sacrifice your life with knockoffs or two by fours out of the dumpster. Go with the name that started it all, the platformer. Ask your local distributor or order online at www.platformersolutions.com. In fact, if you order in the month of February and use promo code PODCAST, you can get a hundred off your order. The Drywall Podcast is also brought to you today by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Now available online at www.csrbuilding.com. Guests of the Drywall Podcast will receive a swag bag from CSR, including all kinds of cool stuff. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jake on the 39th podcast of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Lots of people do it on their phone. We've got Jake Creeley. Creeley? Yep. Jake Creeley, Spy Sponge out of Buffalo, New York on the Drywall Podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show today. What are we going to talk about, Jake? Uh, <laughs> spy sponge. Spy sponge. The, the spy sponge. Maybe a little bit of history, how you how you got into this wacky trade, marketing a new product. You do some stuff with real estate. We can go all over the place. Um, yeah. One thing I like to start out with is uh, you've listened to a couple podcasts now. Yep. You were a little slow to come on board. I met uh, one of your 
ambassadors at CSR Black Friday event in Toronto. And but prior to that, I had seen the spy sponge, thought it was a great idea. Duh, put a light into a sponge, lights up the wall as I'm sanding, pretty self-explanatory. And uh I was talking to your guy up there at CSR. I forget who who is that? Oh, that's Tom. 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 So very nice guy, did a great job with sales, all that. And uh I was like, dude. Who do I talk to? I want to talk to like the spy sponge guy. Let's let's like let's dig down in and get to the bottom of this spy sponge, see where you came from, where you're going, all of that good stuff. So yeah. uh you are did you say you were second generation drywaller? Yeah, second generation. Yep. Okay. So yeah, your dad so, your dad was a drywaller. Yeah. So my grandfather was a plaster, but um he um you know, he, he worked for a company around here for the longest time, then was into drywall um, as that transition from plaster to drywall. And then my father started his business back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And then right around the late 90s is when I um, jumped on board, uh, been on the job, scrapping houses, fire taping, cleaning tools, yeah. cleaning buckets since I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, just knew the trade walking on stilts probably when I was like 10, 11, when kids, okay. you know, were allowed on, not allowed, but they were on the jobs and yeah. just learned the trade that way where you traditionally do either through family members or friends and uh, honed in my skills through high school and, and out of college. And then I got on board and actually had uh, my own crews that I ran and then um, decided to uh, really take the business to the next level and, and uh, grow the business in this area. So how, so how, so what do you mean? Take it to the next level. I mean, you seem just from our talks on the phone, you seem pretty business savvy. Um, where, where, where did your dad have the business? And when you took it over, where did you want to take the business? What did you think you could do with this crazy drywall business? And was that Ashford drywall? Correct. Ashford drywall. Yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you get in this business, it's any business, uh, especially drywall, uh, they're tough businesses um, to maintain, uh, yeah. manpower, service, uh, competitive pricing, um, as as well as uh, finding the best craftsmen around. And so, you know, I was able to work with different ways on how we recruit, uh, make sure that we're paying them uh, premium compared to our competitors and and to make sure that we are not sacrificing quality. Well, I yeah. also offering, offering um, production. And so then we started to expand into other parts of New York where we're in Rochester, Syracuse. Uh, we even work um, in uh, Pennsylvania a little bit. That's not too far. And wow. So you, you, you like the idea of growing. You like the idea of like, I mean, did you have a direction or was it like, let's see how big I can make this? You know, it was never about like, uh, I, I want to conquer the world or conquer this area. It was sure. building, a, building a business to where we could find good, reputable companies to work for, whether they were builders or, or uh, general contractors that do apartments, um, um, office buildings, you name it. So spreading out allowed us to really hunt down and find those um, companies that were good to work for and and ultimately that we're willing to pay for what we're offering um we're not looking to scale we're in this area because buffalo is still a smaller uh market for okay. for a big you know, for a big city um compared to your atlantas and carolinas um you know that's where we've also jumped into real estate development that we're doing in tennessee uh near nashville and so we have a lot of key people now um in our business 
where we're, we're not scaling. We're made, you know, we're just maintaining what we have, which is a lot and we Smart. feel we're maxed out. So, okay. Um, Cause you're doing yeah. this real estate thing too. Tell me a little bit about that. And how did you get into that? So you were like, screw the drywall deal. I want to do the side hustle over here and buy, you know, there's money in real yeah. estate. Um, how did you get into that? I mean, uh, did you know about real estate or you have a friend? How you did know, that we, work? We, we know quite a few people that, have, uh, that are developers, um, just through the business of drywall and with drywall, you know, it's always something that you, you know, you're not getting paid on that last house or that last commercial job or apartments that you did, you get paid once. And so building, you know, residual income has always been something my father and I wanted to do, but, you know, we had to build a business and, and, you know, uh, put together some money and, and, and try to keep advancing, um, you know, the, the company, uh, to what was your first, to get into. what was your first real estate thing? So, um, believe it or not is, uh, in Tennessee is going to be our first, uh, project. We've done a lot of smaller ones and then we've sold them off, but you know, New York is a tough, tough state, uh, to work in taxes are high. Um, not a lot of people moving here, if any. Okay. Uh, so we wanted to, at least with developing apartments, we knew that we could get into other markets. Uh, we picked Tennessee near Nashville. Uh, we really like their policy taxes, so on and so forth. So uh, we have a large project that we're going to start building down there. And that's taken a lot of my time between the two, which we've had going, you know, we've had in place for probably the last three, four years um, prior to even, you know, uh, Spy Sponge coming around. You've got quite a curve on that bill. You don't see people wear it like that too much anymore. I like it. Yeah. It's like throwback. I play a lot of baseball. Throwback to the 80s. I dig it. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a yeah. baseball that's more of a baseball style. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> why Tennessee? Uh, we love the market. We it's growing okay. uh, really fast. Um no state income tax. We're at exactly. Uh, well, we're in the south. I think it's the southwest just uh, south of Spring Hill, Franklin, and Brentwood in the town of Columbia. Uh, that is actually growing substantially. Um, off the one exit that we're off of, we probably have about 26 acres to build uh, multifamily. And they probably got four subdivisions where they're building homes of over probably 800 lots. And that's okay. just in that town. And that doesn't include other areas. So there's a lot of growth. There's no state income tax. The uh, property taxes are low. A um, lot of opportunity, good paying jobs. And and it seems to be that's cool. their game plan. And to build apartments, you want to kind of, you know, not kind of, you want to be in areas that are growing and, and have a good game plan to continue to grow. Interesting. That's fascinating. So are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah. So I'm married uh, to my wife, Lindsay. Uh, we just celebrated our 11 year anniversary not too long ago. Congrats. I've been with her. Thank you. Um, and I got two uh, little kids. I got a four year old daughter, Lydia, and um, I got a six year old son, Cameron. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how do you, have how do you have time to breathe with, uh, all this stuff going on? Do, yeah. Yeah. You just, yeah. you probably like that, uh, hustle and bustle. Yeah. So it's, you know, my, you know, my family's always first, but, uh, you know, we have the work, we have our, you know, our, our vision of where we want to be. Uh, but you know, I really don't have hobbies other than working out in the mornings and that's it. Uh, I okay. work, come home, spend time with the family. So we talked about that a little bit. I worked out this morning. I went earlier than I normally do. I normally go later after I drop my kid off, but I went earlier, had okay. her drop the kid off. I liked it. It's different. It's more disciplined to get up early. 
Um, but it yep. gets it out of the way quicker. You have more, more day, more day left. Um, so you're very busy and you are cruising through life. You're building this business, you're building houses, got kids, um, wife, all this stuff. And you're like, there needs to be a better light sponge out there. How, how did that? How did that lightning bolt, no pun, come and uh, hit right. you? What What was the original? Uh, I always like it when it's like, you know, I like I love the like zygote of the idea where you're like you're you're sanding away, you're full of dust, or at least somebody is, and you're like, God, there should be a light in those things, man. I'll, you know, did you just grab one and drill out a couple of holes and stick a mag light in them? Well, to kind of give you the short version, um, <laughs> you know, we, we have anywhere from, geez, we go from like 50 tapers all the way up to 70, 75 tapers at one time based on our workflow that we have. So you're, you're the biggest, always- uh, you're the biggest contractor, drywall contractor thus far on the podcast. So congratulations oh, okay. for that. Yeah, that's, that's large. I would, I would, I would say that that's pretty large. It's a, it's a lot of babysitting. Like I mentioned before, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of taking calls and, you know, it's a tough industry and, and, you know, um, there's a lot that can be missed. And that's actually one of the reasons why I developed spy sponges the way that I was always, you know, taught is that whether you're the one of the best finishers or tapers around, you still need to flash the walls with a light, you know? So like, like me, like me, exactly. even if you're as good as me, you still have to, well, no. And that's, I'm joking. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm like a little tired. I would agree with you. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired today. So I'm like, you know, trying to be, (laughs) trying to be my normal funny self. Uh, But there's a debate. There's like this debate on Facebook. Maybe you've gotten into it with these dudes that are like, what the hell are you doing sand and you don't need to sand. And I think, you know, it doesn't really matter how good you are. Like when you're doing level five, even if you do a level four and texture, even if you're the best, you still got to brush off that. You've got to brush off that edge. Am I wrong? Yeah. So I guess uh, you definitely have to brush down the edge. And I, I think it's all relative to the work that they're doing. If you're doing some of these production home builders, like we do, uh, Ryan is the only production home builder up here that's nationwide, or at least down the East coast. Um, you still have to sand, but I will say that because they go white walls, white ceilings and can lights, and they really don't have these big open floor plans. I would say that you could probably get away with, um, kind of, you know, sanding it down, hand sanding it, maybe not checking it with a light because it's more forgiving. It's a production home, but I would have to say that, um, I'd have no problem challenging people to say, if you're working with, um, people that are starting uh, builders that are putting color on the wall and there's no texture, uh, if you're doing flat finishes level four and you start going with a white color on the ceiling, which is traditional, and then a color on the wall, I would easily disagree that you need to flash it with the light and you got to do a detail sand because with the lightings that they have now, uh, open floor plans are the trend. Been for yep. a lot, long time. Critical light is coming in at all angles, and it's going to highlight it. Um, yep. And so, uh, you know, I've always disagreed with that. I, I've always yeah. been one that. If you, you know what I'm. Problem, t- you know what I'm talking yeah. about. You've heard the people. I don't know what you're sanding for. And it's like, well, I think you have to kind of you have to sand a little bit. I, there's no way around it. Um, no. Are you guys doing texture? Or no, so we don't know. There's uh, texture has been gone for quite some time around okay. here. 
Um, you know, and that's where, you know, we benefit with a lot of our builders, uh, because, you know, we do things a little bit different. You know, we, we skim out our ceiling seams to where we can help cover that edge. Sometimes you get kind of a raised edge on the seam portion. And so on our third coat, we might actually have them just do a tight skim, almost like your third coat on a screw to take that seam out a little wider. Um, yeah. that'll help with some flashing. Uh, cause a lot of times, uh, and I've educated the builders around here. Um, if you got tough lighting on a wall and you're going to skip steps of, you know, using a first coat or USG first coat primer to take the two surfaces and make them one, you're going to see the texture difference. You don't see, you're not seeing maybe a hump seam or maybe a bad, but, um, you're seeing the okay. texture difference from the porous yeah. compound to the fibrish, uh, face paper. So, yeah. And, but, and they do use like a, uh, they do use like a primer, some type of what, what primer are they use? Nah. No. And, and this, uh, this is probably the conversation where they're trying to save a buck and you're like, well, I can't really do any better unless you want all the fucking butts and bands to flash yeah. on the house. Sorry. You know, it we, costs, right? Like, <laughs> this is like, yeah, hey, we, man, can yeah, you do any better? Conversations. <laughs> we've had these conversations with builders, unfortunately, <laughs> with us being around for almost 50 years. They've waited out. And I said, if anything, do it in critical areas where you have a, a, a big wall where it's at the front door or big cathedrals. At least you got to, you know, cure that wall or properly, I, I say, seal it. Um, and then brush it down. But we also are dealing with painters that don't, they don't back roll. They, they say they can spray and, and get an even, uh, which you can't, you got to back roll everything. Um, you know, we, yeah. we, we're up against a lot. And I think that goes around with yeah. the industry. And the only thing that can help to offset that is if you're in an area that does a heavier texture, then I'd say, yeah, you could do a quick knock down the edges, go and you're, you're good. But the minute you start going to a flat finish, you got to sand and you got to detail. And so they're like, they're, they're trying to beat you up a little bit, but you guys have a reputation, which helps. And then yeah. also like, you probably narrowed it down 80, 20 rule to the builders that are like less pain of an a pain in the ass yeah. than the builders that are a pain in the ass. It's like, you guys are, you guys are big enough now. It's like, eh, I don't want to deal with that guy anymore. It's, this guy pays. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. It's like, just go with him, yeah. you know? And the builders, will, yeah, the smart, was, smart builders will zero in and pay a little more guys like you that do a good job. Yeah. We, we have some custom builders that will build homes that have, we just did one that has about 70,000 feet of board and this builder uses the best lumber. He actually tests the lumber to make sure that the moisture contents where it needs to be, it's low. He gets the furnace in there. So we have good dry heat. Uh, he prefers to get the drywall in, uh, in on the, uh, loaded into the house and he'll actually start siding it so that in the winter time, you don't have that condensation between the heat and the cold. And you'll, we'll do a house like that and have very minimal touch-ups because you're not getting that delayed shrinking from the lumber moving, um, you know, yeah. any, anything like that. And then we'll take a production home that might have, you know, maybe a small ranch or two story that might have less than 8,000 square feet of board, excuse me. And they, they throw in their pod heaters. They just poured the basement um floor so you have all you're just like a creating a sauna and then the builders know this because we document it and they yep. just say hey we got to push this house through yeah. and then we'll pay you and they pay us so you got okay cement releases and you got some a little hairline cracks and it is what it is so yeah yeah Interesting. Kind of two different games with the production and uh, custom work 
Okay, so you felt like part of the invention of the spy sponge was to thwart that effort on when you the the effort that you're taking when you're going through and you're looking at the house as a veteran, you know what to look for. If your guys are leaving stuff, you're more likely to find bad edges and things like that than if there's ample light on the wall. So that was kind of like, that was the, I mean, would you agree that was the sort of the light bulb, but did you, did you go home? You were like, there should be a sponge with light in it. I'm going to go make one. Did I mean, was it like that? Did you go tool one in your shop? Well, yeah, because we, um, you know, just real quick to tell you what we traditionally do is after we're done with the job, we always work in the time where our our cleaning crews come in to clean up the job, take the equipment, and we have uh, one or two of our service techs to come in and inspect the job behind our tapers in case, you know, they had the whole, uh, my light broke, or I didn't have enough cord, or I forgot my light. We want to make sure that they have another second uh, set of eyes. So there's one time it, it happened and it just, it's just something that builds up over time because we have a lot of tapers. Something yeah. always happens every week. Uh, one of my service techs came in and <laughs> yeah. said, the guy didn't check it with a light. And then he said, well, I didn't have a cord. My light broke. And I was tired of the excuses. I'm like, I need something battery powered, something that's hands-free <laughs> because I don't blame them, but they don't want to. I was hung over. I was hung over. Like they'll never say that. <laughs> right. And, and so I was like in my garage having a cigar and just like thinking about what I could do with this. And, uh, I literally had to, so a sponge is about an inch thick and yeah. I had this light, I had this just like little handheld light that was about almost two inches thick. And I just cut and carved out all the foam. Oh, I was going to say you, t- you took the cigar and you just burned it right into the, you just burned it right. Into- you ruined it for me now that I should have done that. Cause I struggled. <laughs> well, you know what? Like I'll take zero credit. That would be a better story. Like you're right. I was, Actually, I was means- smoking a cigar in my garage yeah. and I was like looking at the sponge. <laughs> that would have been a lot easier actually. So thanks. Thanks. But we, uh, I slammed this light in there and it looked ridiculous, but I'm like, I think this would work. And so I went in the house, woke my wife up and I said, Hey, I want you to stand up here and check this out, see what your thoughts are. And I was taking some pictures and the light was just coming across the ceiling. Perfect. Yeah. Highlighting everything we wanted to see. And so that's where it kind of, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this for my guys. Uh, but then I'm like, you know, I think this will go. Um, wait, so you, uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Did you, you drilled out the, uh, you drilled out the foam? Well, not necessarily. I I basically pulled, chewed, whatever I had on me. I didn't have a drill there. Okay. You didn't have a drill. Yeah. I just hollowed out the inside, slammed the light in just so I could kind of get the visual of what I wanted to do. And I'm like, wow, this is hands-free. This is perfect. And so that's where the idea What kind of light, what kind of light did you use? It was like a handheld two inches thick. It looked ridiculous because the sponge all of a sudden like yeah. bowed out in the middle. Yeah. And I wasn't looking to sand, but just kind of get that feel down. Um, then I, I really know. started now my, put it on. Now my, like, now my brain's going like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I like how I like what you inevitably came up with. I've never, I, I sort of checked it out, but I didn't really yeah. dissect it. I should have. Um, I should have just asked you to send me one before <laughs> I will. I will. I'll send it to Because I'm like, I'm like a no sand guy. Like, you know, it's right, like fresco, right. fresco harmony. It's like, how about we just yeah. don't sand? <laughs> like, just smear a bunch of mud on the wall and call it good. <laughs> and that works. That can work too. So, um, 
Cool. So you so you made this crude uh, prototype. Mm-hmm. And you showed your wife. You got the wife's approval first. That was smart. Yeah. Uh, she was like, take it off the wall. I, I don't want to see any of the imperfections yeah, anymore. Because exactly. it probably showed everything. everything. And then, uh, so what's the next step? You're like, did you immediately think I need to protect this or at least do a patent search before I get yep. going? So it was probably a week later. I'm, I'm looking at it and um, was starting to come up with a game plan of how I wanted to put this together. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to apply for a patent on it. And we did. And, you know, because it was during COVID, uh, we just got the utility patent, which is the patent that you want over the design patent for yeah. it uh, yeah. this past year. Um, so I, okay. actually have a, I actually have the cool little book that they send you on it. Beautiful. That's and, cool. Um, Congratulations. A, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So this is kind of like everything that they put together. It's a Neat. expensive and long process, but you know, this is, it was always a, um, a tool that when I came up with it, I always knew that it needs to evolve and, and have different variations of it, maybe different sure. lights. That's um, a pretty, that, sorry, let me cut you. That's yeah, a no, pretty simple, that's a pretty simple utility patent. It seems like, Hey man, we're just putting a light, you know, you've got a, you've got an intellectual property attorney. I've dealt with like, uh, uh, patenting stuff a little bit enough, enough to be, you know, know that it's a pain in the ass, but like you, how much did you pay? If you don't mind my asking all in from like your first initial, consultation did you research patent attorneys yeah and i actually went through because we have in our other businesses we have quite a few attorneys for various things and so i probably went through i went through two until i found the third one that actually was really good great reputation um and i would say i'm about twenty five thousand just all in um because there was a lot of kind of back and forth and putting this together on how we wanted this to design because the patent is not only for um, this sponge, I mean, it, it covers any abrasive sanding sponge, any thickness, any variation from no shit. like, so I want to yeah. like, I want to make a sanding sponge. I'm going to put a mag light in it and kind of like go do my own thing. Right. I can't mark, I could make my own, but I can't sell yeah. it. You're right. You can't sell it. And so, um, you know, I already started to develop, um, you know, a dual lit light from both sides that actually was more powerful and lasted longer. So it is a product that needed, uh, it needs to continue to evolve and fit the market for the professional and then the DIY. And then, you know, um, I started in drywall because that's where, um, you know, this is where it's, I've been my whole life, but it's actually great for painters. Um, painters love it for woodwork and sanding down, you know, where they do their putty fill to really, before they put their enamel spray on, uh, woodworkers. Um, I mean, it's, it's a product that can evolve into multiple industries. So. Okay. So you've got the patent and the next step is, uh, production. I mean, you don't know anything about production. What do you, what do you do? I mean, where do you go? You're like, how are we going to produce these things? Did you think about partnering with like trim techs or a sponge manufacturer? So, so I'm actually uh, in the process because when we launched, we just, you know, had so much success home deep on Lowe's, you know, they want the product, but I just can't commit to focusing on it with my eyes on my construction business. And I'm constantly traveling for our multifamily, yeah. um, got the product out there. We produce it in our own warehouse, um, we, d- we actually designed our own machines that core these out. That was actually probably my last, like I told my wife, I said, 
it's coring out some holes in a sponge. How hard could it be? Those are just, I ate those yeah. words because Famous last it's, one words. Thing, it's, it's one thing to drill it out, but if you want to core it out and leave the core in there, um, that's a totally different story because we also have, uh, which is another, um, process that we have part of the patent for is a flexible density system where uh, we have sponges that I've designed, but I've never put in production where it can be used for multiple industries or multiple grits to where, um, not necessarily in drywall, but in the woodworking industry, you know, they're looking for different variations of density on their foam, uh, depending on the type of work they're doing. And so this allows yeah. it to where I designed, uh, different types of sanding blocks that would actually account for about three or four different uh, sponges that a woodworker or trim carpenter would need. And that allows them to use these cores to change the density of the sponge. So it's a very versatile tool that we haven't even, you know, um, begin to work with. And that's why I'm actually in the process now of, you know, we move products and we have distributors, but I'm looking to, um, right now at some partnerships with some large companies, uh, possibilities of licensing, um, Ideally, I would love it if I worked with a company that would, um, you know, run with Spy Sponge because it is a great brand. It's a great product here. Uh, but, you know, with my hands tied, I, I need a, you know, I need to, I would need to focus on this 100%. And I just can't with my construction business and everything it, else. It seems like you have a, a natural sort of entrepreneurial spirit about you, though. Isn't there a part of you that's like, screw the real estate, screw drywall. I'm going to go all in with the spy sponge because for no other reason, then it's a lot of fun to build and sell a product. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, it's definitely been kind of like my baby for here almost three and a half, four years, Yeah. but you know, being an entrepreneur, it's, I do not have the time or the, you know, the access to the connections that these other large companies have and they've had for years between buying power. Um, you know, I have the ideas and actually designs, but to be able to put this together and get it to market, um, that takes, takes full dedication, which I'm not afraid of, but I've always been a believer that, you know, I need, need to st stay to my lane and the construction yeah. business we do very well in a, a yeah. multifamily is right in our wheelhouse. And we feel like, you know, I would just love to see this product grow with the company. And then, Hey, I could just be a part of helping to improve it. And, just watch it grow. I mean, that to me, that would be really exciting. Sure. So, well, let's get, let's back up a little bit. I mean, you know, we skipped from, you don't just go from, Hey, look, I made this nice prototype of a spice sponge to like home Depot and Lowe's like wanting to buy it. What did, what did you do first? You know, when you had, I mean, you know, people and stuff, obviously you started, you gave it to your drywallers. It sucked because they needed it first so yep. that they could make your drywall better. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. The first, the first one's out of the gate. Well, and you had built in like testers, like you had oh, like yeah. Oompa, Oompa Loompas testing it out for yep. you. Like, you know, ah, the, the light falls out every five minutes or whatever. What were some problems that you ran into early on? So when we first, you know, gave it to our, um, um, our tapers, I'm trying to think it was probably almost a year before we launched and I wanted them to beat it up, uh, which yeah, they did. They smart. A lot of them don't take care of their tools. So it was a good yeah. sample test and we didn't even let them know that, um, there was anything that I created. Um, Oh, I, wow. I wanted, smart. Yeah. You know, we just handed it to them and said, Hey, we bought it offline. Uh, one of the drywall. Yeah. We bought it offline cause we didn't want them looking. We wanted to get honest feedback. And, yeah. um, we had, 
I would say probably at least 60% that really love, love the product. Um, then we always had, I would say at least another 30% that were just kind of like, well, it's not bright enough. Oh, it's too bright. And it shows too much of my work. Um, Hey, can you make the lights dual on both sides? Which I knew that was sure. something I was going to do, but I wanted to launch with this product first. Um, and then there was about 10% that it didn't matter what you did. I could have dropped off a Lamborghini and they were upset because it wasn't the right color and it was free, you know? So, yeah. uh, you, you know, we always have a few that just it <laughs> didn't matter. They're it angry with matter. life. They're angry with life. And they just, they right. would prefer to not be anywhere near the job site. <laughs> right. And, and you know, one thing that I had realized was that, you know, with any tool, even a tool that is as simple as this, there's training that is needs to happen and people are used to their own ways. Um, yeah. and, and I've always said in drywall, I mean, there's multiple ways to do things. And so, um, you know, you got to find what works for you. So with me, I don't like wasted steps. Um, I used to, um, when I was in production and do my detail sanding, um, I used to detail sand with just two sponges because I didn't want to switch hands, but I, I always knew when I ran the tools, whether it was the mud runner angle box or the, the tools, I always knew where my lap marks were at. And so I could pretty much get it right where I wanted it to be. And then I would take a light and flash everything, hit the things I missed. Cause I never wanted to just do all my production detail sanding and then switching hands. And, you know, um, a headlamp to me, I never liked because I can't get it against the wall. I can't get it at that angle. I'm shining yeah. right at it. So I was really never a fan of that. And now here it allowed me to have two hands and I could detail sand and I've had people online, um, uh, had said, well, when I sand with one sponge, it's like trying to follow the light. And, you know, again, I've never been in an industry like this. So, uh, my next step was to come up with more training videos where you really want, you need both hands or both lights so you can maximize production, but you're always, you're never sanding with two hands like this, you know, it'd be awkward. Whatever hand you're sanding with traditionally guys would maybe have one bracing the wall. Oh, okay. So the purpose of it, the way I designed it was that new tech, um, new techniques. It's a new approach to sanding based right. on how these lights operate. You know, that Correct. makes sense. And so, you know, the whole purpose was that you're actually getting light coming from two different directions. So if you're doing your top angle, you have the light coming from this direction. And then if you have it right here where you're kind of bracing and putting your weight into the wall, the non-sanding hand kind of points right in that area where you're at. So you have light coming in at two angles. So then as you get to your intersecting corners, because now you have max production, you can switch hands quick and you're not switching sponges, which typically guys will, that's where you're going to drop the sponges, uh, trying to switch hands. Um, you can get that light flashing everywhere. So I realized that, um, you know, it's just getting used to the, 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 the product itself and how it works compared to what you're used to. The other thing would yeah. be, I can't, I can't. That, that uh, probably but, didn't, that didn't occur to you. Probably. It's like, just, it, it it's, really didn't because it's I was a just freaking, like what I do. So I just, yeah. always, people would grab it and say, yeah, I need two of them. So, right. um, and I already knew eventually I would have dual lights. So, you know, this would be great, you know, cause I love this one, even if I didn't have dual lights, cause I just, the way that I sand, I, I didn't need the light flashing behind me, but you know, dual lights would help more. But what's nice is that instead of carrying around a big halogen light or any other type of light, if you do the proper coating and you do your skim coats, so you're getting rid of any of the scratches in the pits and any marks like that. And if you did your pole sanding or power sanding properly, 
the lights were meant that as you're on your stilts or doing your bottom work, you go and detail out that room. Then you just quickly have a sponge against the ceiling and then you're just skimming over that seam. And it's just supposed to like, hey, highlight something you missed, a lap mark or a tool mark. But it wasn't designed to take over uh, a pole sander. This is just meant that this is designed to take over the halogen light and anything that is going to be, that's going to slow you down or um, make you less efficient. So, um, yeah. you know, and dr yeah. dragging around a, a, a halogen, even though it flashes the whole wall, it's more light than you really need. And, and, and you're now getting rid of that max production, in my opinion, of having one hand you're sanding with and you have to constantly switch, so. And I mean, the spy sponge, aside from other inventions in the drywall space, which is a very challenging space to create new products and drive new products in, is a no brainer. It's kind of, it's very self-explanatory. It's like, oh, a sanding sponge with a light in it. That makes right. sense. I can take this and now, you know, my surface is lit. It's nice, definitely nice to have a couple in the truck. Um, have you, speaking of different, this has come up a lot with products and I deal with it, uh, you know, I'm like kind of out in left field with color joint compound, but like, you know, it's a system. It's a system and it's a different way of looking at drywall. We have the three-way. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yep. The three-way interview drops tomorrow. I got to talk with Royce and Steve. Those guys are great. Um, great guys. But it's a different way of thinking about corners, like inside mm -hmm. corners. You don't finish your corner how you normally would. You have to take the three-way into consideration. Royce would go home and he would fabricate these three-way corners in his house and then take them to work and and they would speed up production what he says by 25 percent that's pretty good right. you know it doesn't occur to somebody that something as simple as like a three-way how much time that takes to pick that corner out three times takes um yep. but it's a different application methodology when you go to run your bazooka you're cutting your tails shorter you don't have to cut them as long yep. you're not going all the way into the corner when you finish out that corner the you can you can finish glaze out your corner and then have the apprentice go and button up all the three ways like that's pretty cool and then they get pra they get practice with the knife at the same time but that's a different way of thinking about production and you might have to take one or two or three steps back before mm -hmm. just just like with running the automatic tools a learning curve yep. before before you take that large leap forward and uh right. that that is a huge hurdle for drywallers in 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 uh this industry to you know be able to take a step back or like really really vet a tool you know it's so easy to be like try it once and be like oh that doesn't work toss it out right move on, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I had expected that that would probably happen because, you know, everybody has a different system on how they finish what they're looking for. And then, you know, being in this industry, sometimes, uh, especially tapers, and I see it firsthand with, um, um, the individuals that work for us is they're just at times can be stubborn. This is my way, you know, this is what yeah. I want to do, you know, and that's yeah. fine. I mean, yeah. I never, entered into the market thinking, well, this is going to take over everything. I thought that it's going to be a product that would uh, continue to grow and evolve and, and fit the needs of, um, 
you know, individuals that like, Hey, I've had people say, Hey, do you have it in yellow and blue and red and questions I've never thought I'd feel. Um, I've had a lot yeah. of people that say, Hey, the light is way too bright. And then I've had people say, well, the light's not, you know, it's not enough. Um, you know, so I, I figured I would definitely have that. Um, but it's, it's going to hit a select market. And I do think that once I've had also quite a few people that thought it was a joke and then they would message me saying, honestly, you know, this is awesome. It saved me a ton of time. It's more efficient. Yeah. You know, I, I get into a lot of areas where, okay, I might have a family room or a kitchen area that has a ton of light. And so it might dull the light of the sponge, but it still helps. But the rest of the houses, I don't have light. It's under construction or the commercial right, job. In it. Right. It yeah. Everything. So, you know, it's for us, you know, it saved us a lot of, you know, just the little details of now that all of our tapers use it, you know, um, we, we always have a lot of, you know, we have systems in place that even if our tapers miss something, we have a service tech that catches it, but our service techs are in on these jobs, um, less time. And so we're seeing a savings after the last few years. If, if you walk on the job user. and if you walk on the job and your guy's not using a spy sponge, do you fire him immediately? Tell him to pack their yes. bags. No, no, we, we have a lot of work, so we need all of them, but you know, it's, uh, we're, I'm not yeah. in that kind of a position. it's not, it's not like there's a surplus of, uh, apprentices out there just waiting, yeah. waiting to it's, come in. Well, we've actually had now we have the reverse effect of guys not wanting the sand until we get the sponges to them. So, you know, oh, we'll, brother, uh, backfiring. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like okay, dude, just so, pick up your old. It's like, yeah. it's like waiting around for four hours. It's like, dude, right. what are you doing? He's like, I didn't have a spy sponge. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> or, or guys will put them in the bottom of a bucket, but there's water and, and these are waterproof, <laughs> but they're not corrosion proof. So their okay. light breaks. Cause it, you know, so we've dealt with that situation, but now the guys, they don't want, they don't want anything else. Cause they've used it for a while, but I've also, I've also been able to train the ones that maybe had some difficulty with it. And again, uh, I had one guy that says, Hey, I wish we had a light that would trail in the back. And I was just like, just flip one around, you know? <laughs> and then he just couldn't uh -oh. believe that you could do that. And I say that jokingly, but you know, we have other lights. Eventually we want to launch that or dual lit. So dual lit. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a special light. I mean, is somebody manufacturing that light? You probably don't want to say too much, but I mean, do you, do you work with somebody that manufactures that light special for the spy sponge? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that one is actually about an, um, about three quarters of an inch, an inch longer, uh, that light. So it's dual lit and it's going to have more battery power. Uh, do you have, do you have one of the little lights? I don't, I actually, I don't, I, I have one out in my warehouse. Oh man, Jake, Jake, we were totally unprepared for this interview. Right. So I have Typical. the little light here. Okay. Take a look at that. That's so cool. And then the I other like one it. is, yeah. So the other one is probably going to be about that much longer. And so we actually would have um sponges that are going to be about an inch longer than what you're used to why do you need a inch longer sponge well the light the way that i designed it to give it a little bit more uh, life um uh, okay it, you know actually adds another battery to it so it makes more it a battery power okay there's lights on both sides now and actually i was hesitant at first but i actually like the feel myself and a lot of the guys that work for us like it too of the longer yeah. sponge in their hands. So again, that'll be a product too, where cause you got, like, cause you got, you that. got those big, beautiful hands. Right. Right. Well, that's you need more. Big, you need more. 
Uh, I told you we'd get along. If you were in Albuquerque, yeah. we'd get along. Pleasure. Nice. You, so you, you guys got some nicer weather. Uh, it's been a little, it's been kind of nice lately. Um, but what's yeah, kind of nice? Cause I live in Buffalo. So nicer than Buffalo for sure. But I'll like, uh, yeah, well, oh, we get, we get spoiled down here. It's high desert though. People don't realize I've said on other shows we're at 5,000 feet. So okay. it's, it's colder. We're higher up. Uh, you know, it snows here. Um, you know, the mountains just right next to Albuquerque are 10,000 feet. Oh wow! Um, so it's cold, but like today's kind of nice. Like I have a hoodie, right? You know, but but it's it's dr- really dry, so it's not humid. Because I'm from Washington State, so it's kind of on that same. Okay, you know, I understand humid cold. This is like nothing. People complain right. about the wind, the wind here, you know, and it's like you, we get six months of gorgeous days every year. Right. You know, like, like you can plan barbecues and shit. Right. Um, so yeah, no complaints. And Albuquerque for that, for that reason is very nice. The high desert is a nice climate. I've moved around a little bit. I lived in Colorado. High desert's nice. How long have you been in Albuquerque? A long time. I moved from, from Colorado. Fresco Harmony was sort of developed in Colorado Mm -hmm. and I, I was doing like some color joint compound up there. Uh, I started out doing art with color and joint compound and sealers and things like that. And then that I was working for CB drywall up there. And then I met a girl on Mm match.com and she lived in Albuquerque. It was, it was a tough ratio up there in the mountain towns, you know, it's like two, you know, three to one, you know, guy to girl ratio. So, You don't lose your girlfriend. You just lose your turn, you know, was right kind now, of the, the expression. <laughs> right. That's tough. So, That's tough. yeah, I went like a year and a half and I was like, what's this match.com thing? Of course, this right. was like 2004, you know, 2003, okay, yeah. long yeah. time ago. And uh, uh, she was a hairdresser in Albuquerque. And so I came down here a couple of times and she'd have these high end clients and they'd be like, Oh, what does your boyfriend do? And she was like, Oh, he does this neat wall thing. And so she was selling Fresco <laughs> Harmony. And I was like, Oh, no kidding. Oh, there's a market in Albuquerque, like that there wasn't in Crested Butte, you know, it was a small ski town. Right. And so I was like, you know, I want to, I want to go to Albuquerque and do specialty walls for a living. That was like my nice. idea. You know, and I was a hippie, so who, you know, it didn't matter. Right. I could live on, I could live on nothing, you know. So I was very right. malleable in my youth, you know, to just right. kind of do whatever I wanted, um, you know. But that's just kind of who I am. I was very much right. I'm just gonna do whatever I want. I don't really care about money. That's good. You know, I can hobo around. If it doesn't work out. I'll right. like, you know, go get a drywall job. There you go. <laughs> you know another well, nice work you do great work so oh thank you thank you yeah but i mean it's you know people don't realize like it took years and years like you you your success with the spy sponge has been very quick on on you know on the if you were on the scope of like fresco harmony my product's been out for 11 years you know and i'm just starting to like you know we talked about like that that boulder that ball you know it's gathering right. momentum 
you know, the more people use it, the more they discover it, a lot more education, right. you know, different products have attributes and drawbacks. It's very interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, if I was you, I'd be like doubling down on the spy sponge just because to me, like all that, all that, uh, innovation is fun like that, that right. and marketing. I'm like really driven by marketing and the creativity, you know, the, mm -hmm. the like this podcast is a good outlet for my creativity. You know, it's, it's really oh, for sure. hard. It's work, but it's fun, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I love it too. You know, it's, uh, just comes down to time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. ultimately I want to stay married, so I don't want to yeah. add more things to my plate. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and, and, and like I said, to take this to the next level and for it to be successful, um, really needs to be uh, under my, with my circumstances, with a company that already has this in place can plug and go. And then I could be a part of assisting them and, uh, developing other products. And, uh, we have the great, you know, we have a great, uh, uh, place to test it, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, with our company. Yeah. So. You have, so in your warehouse, you just have a bunch of guys standing around smoking cigars and right. they're all just, they're just poking yeah. holes. They're poking holes into sponges. <laughs> I wish it, I wish it was that fun, but no, them in don't. A pile. <laughs> just throwing them in a pile. <laughs> smoking. Yeah. Sort of the, sort of the same, but, uh, yeah, it's not as fun, but we, uh, we've been making it work. And, uh, that was another thing, designing the machine that can core these out. Yeah. The in. That was very challenging. Um, do you recycle the, the, do you recycle the sponge material? that well, gets because extracted cores, yeah so the cores are left in there and we did that for m multiple reasons uh but one is that if somebody wants to just use one light they just punch out one of the cores um because i just you know we we had seen that coming where people are like yeah you know it's too much light so they just put one in and then the oh. cores drilled out because once you take the cores out you know, then you're going to lose that density. Once you put yeah. the lights in, you have that density. So we wanted to leave it to where it's a little universal. People can uh, punch out what they want. So that's good again, to know. Like I said, it, it, I always knew it would be a product that would start here. And then any good product continue to evolve and expand, listen to the market and, um, you know, see what people are looking for. You know, we already had plans for different grits because some people are, our, our yeah. sponges, our sponge that we currently um, offer that's on the market is from the same manufacturer. It's the same exact sponge as Trimtex, but okay. it's not, it doesn't have the radius. So, you know, that was always my why favorite not, sponge. Why not do the radius uh, edge? Do they have uh, like a patent? From my understanding, I think they have the patent. So that's not an option. I would have loved to have done that. Okay. Um, but um, it is the same exact sponge as far as the grits. Um, it's a, it's the same sponge, same production line. It just doesn't have that radius. Why not work with Trimtex and be like, Hey man, let's work together. You guys can make X amount on the radius sponges that people like. We'll license you to do this, you know, spice, spice text sponge, you know, yeah. and, and you guys could share the proceeds like that. I mean, have you, has that occurred to you? You know what? Um, we've actually uh, reached out to them and we're in talks. Um, of, okay. But we're, but I'm also leaving, you know, different options open because I know that this product is not only just for professionals, but for the DIYs. 
And so trying to find the right partnerships or licensing agreements to where we can get into the, the product can get into both spaces, not just drywall yards, but also uh, Sherman Williams, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, okay. Menards, you know, uh, places like that. Okay. Right. And you said you, you got some of those contacts from going to the uh, IBS. Did you say you went to? Yeah, the it was the International Hardware uh, Trade Show. Um, Hardware Trade Show, okay. Yeah, so it was we launched last February, and then it was March. So we were only about three, four weeks fresh from when we launched, and they had kind of like this Shark Tank situation where you would go up and present, and they loved the product. Oh it yeah, was it was intense. It was different, uh, but <laughs> fortunately because I'm not a salesman, but I can sell this because I'm in the industry. Yeah. And so when they hit me with different questions or whatnot, it, it really didn't, nothing caught me off guard. But after that is when I was approached by the, uh, the main buyer for the um, U.S. market for Home Depot uh, out of Atlanta, and they they want they wanted the product. And so I was introduced to um, a gentleman named Tom, different from the Tom that you met, um, that's in the Carolinas, that actually works on getting products into Home Depot and Lowe's. And uh, we were actually getting ready to start launching and um, put different types of packaging together where it'd probably be two sponges, a handful of lights, and then people would buy their own uh, light or batteries at Home Depot um, because it's not for professionals, DIYs. However, things were just taken off so much. And with everything else I have going on, I just knew that that would probably be um, the worst thing for Spy Sponge right now if I couldn't hundred percent focus because if they wanted to scale the way they wanted to they want to start off with home depot and lowe's each having x amount of 100 stores and then being able to keep scaling and scaling and scaling and i just wasn't able to dedicate that time so interesting gosh that i mean i would have just jumped on that 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 would have been fun to me like ramp that whole operation would have been fun but you were like i got this stuff going you pump the brakes well, I had no choice because our construction business takes already up a lot of our work or my time. And then I was travel. I'm traveling back and forth, uh, working with towns for the approval on our our development site in Nashville. So you, you know, you, I didn't even have the time in between to really give it my focus. So yeah, um, you know, people do love the product; they want the product. So yeah, what I had suggested is I said I wanted to wait to the first of this year to start um, looking for partners, which we're in talks with quite a few different uh, manufacturers and companies and just find the right fit um, to with somebody uh, to take this to the next level. And, um, you know, they've been in touch with even Home Depot and, and Lowe's of, yeah, you know, they, they do want the product that's, okay. you know, cause that, that's a big animal to tackle and yeah. make sure things are covered and you can keep up with their demands. And, and so you could really hurt a product if you do not, um, you if know, you're not, your ducks in a row. if you're not prepared, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you, I'm sure your warehouse has, you've got, how many people do you have working right now? Just focus on the spy sponge. So we, uh, originally, because you got to scale with the business is we made two smaller machines. And so we produced about 300,000 sponges even before we launched. And that okay. was actually just with myself and, 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 um, uh, excuse me, some of the, our, our, uh, warehouse workers. Uh, so we have that in, in storage, but, um, I've actually s- slowed down on sales of not pushing new, um, vendors or distributors because I, you know, I, I want to be transparent with them and say, listen, I'm going to be looking, here's why I'm looking Beautiful. for partnerships or licensing. And so we're in the, 
uh, we're with Belmore Tools over in the UK. We're with CSR in Canada. We're with LNW Supplies uh, in the US in multiple locations and various places online as well. Okay. Um, you know, so I, you know, they're still buying products. We're still selling product online. Uh, but again, I didn't want to make commitments and all of a sudden, you know, it's unfair to the distributor uh, just to make quick sales. So no, it's um, smart. It's really smart. Uh, patience. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're practicing a little patience. I mean, you have other revenue sources coming in, which is cool. I would have considered like, okay, uh, if I sell my drywall company, I could double down on the spy spot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but right. you know, I mean, different strokes for different folks. And I think when you're an entrepreneur too, it's important to, ask the question, do I want to be doing this? You know, right. I think you get, you get used to asking that question when you have the luxury of having a podcast. Okay. Do I want to be doing right. this every week? Is this worth it? Is this filling like this weird need, you know, um, you know, what am I doing it for? Is it just for money? You know, how much time is it going to consume? You start asking right. these types of questions, you know, so, so kudos for, uh, for being able to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, here's yep. what I want to do. Here's what I want to see it happen. I'm going to go talk to these people. We're going to like, we're going to do this thing right. So that the spy sponge has legs when it finally starts to walk, it can, it can run. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's cool. ultimately my goal is that really take, watch this product, uh, take off and then also be a part of it evolving and uh, making it better, getting it into other industries, uh, coming up with different profiles and different sponges and different combinations. So, so if you're licensing it out, another another company sort of taking it and running with it, you would want to stay like like you know the the ambassador. What would your title be at that point? You know, honestly, because I've never done this before, I'm really opening sure. open to whatever whatever makes sense. And, and I don't really okay. know what makes sense until I hear it. Um, but there might be an individual that, or I'm sorry, a company that maybe has already the distribution in place. They're moving a lot of product and they're just like, this is what we want to do. And that's it. That works. And then there might be someone else that's, Hey, we're on board with, um, you know, if, if, uh, you can help us to innovate with this product and expand, then I'm on board with that as well. Um, you know, right now I'm around 60, 70 hours a week all the time. So if yeah. I was in my earlier twenties before kids, I got a four and a six year old. So all my extra time goes with them, my wife. So I would definitely be doing that. I'd be work, you know, burning the candle at both ends and pushing this. But, you know, to me, what matters is the product being quality evolving and getting with the right team. So, and wherever I can be a part, if I can be a part, I'd love to. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, very well. Well, you're you're quite an in interviewer. Um, this has been this has been pretty cool. Although, you know, I'm still a little fuzzy from how you got it from your guys testing the product into like your first locations. I assume you just sent them out, and uh, the product probably sold itself a little bit. You know, people were jazzed about it right away. So you know, we we sent out quite a bit of products uh, product when we uh, launched. Um, and then we sent it out to distributors for them to test it out, try it out. And then a lot of them jumped on board. CSI really likes the product. Um, oh, I'm sure. Over, uh, Belmore Tools over in the UK, they love the product. And uh, they actually, 
or maybe again, I don't know how it will work out, but they were considering uh, licensing it over there because there's okay. still the logistics to get the product over there, but yep. their version of home Depot, um, they really want to get it in there and then their drywall yards. So, um, it really just kind of took off that way. Yeah. So, yeah. You didn't yeah. have to do, I mean, you had to get it out there and talk about it, but it's a, it's a neat product that sort of, uh, sort of sells itself you know it's very self-explanatory and as far as like drywall products coming out of me it's one of the coolest ones you know that i've seen of, besides fresco harmony of course but <laughs> um, it's certainly way more self-explanatory people are always like what do you why would you color the mud don't you have to paint it afterwards i get that like you know and it's right. like no no you no right Oh, I, I get some questions that, you know, I've had people ask me like, uh, how expensive is this? If you got to throw away all the lights every time, you know? So sure. You know, sure. You, yeah. You, you, you get some questions and you just, a lot of waste, a lot of waste. What size battery oh, yeah. do, do they take? Or is it like a watch battery? So no, it's a, it's a triple A battery. And so oh, okay. that's the other thing. Perfect. You know, Perfect. everything is a lot of USB and plug-in. And the reason why I decided to go with this kind of old school um, you know, we have all of our branding on it as well. Oh, neat. Is that when you, especially, I mean, I went through phone after phone after phone being in, and, you know, when I was a taper running crews, because anything that has some sort of a plug in always gets dust. And then you plug it in, it jams up, something yeah, gets I in have, there. Look at, I've got like the little like flap. Yep. So there's like a little. Yep. <laughs> I've had that and then it, it breaks off or it's it'll still get in there. It'll still get in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so being in the industry, that's why I ran with a AAA battery because, you know, if you get any dust in there, you can actually take this apart. You can actually wash it off, then dry it. You can blow out. If there's a disconnect where there's a little dust where the battery touches the flat metal plate, it was easier to quick troubleshoot. But once you get dust into USB plug-in area, you're kind of in trouble once it starts to, you know, gunk up in there, uh, little yeah. parts can break. You're, you're done. And that's why we went with the AAA, and yeah. we're seeing run times on average of about 90 minutes. Uh, but that's why we made the kit to where you have an extra set of batteries. So you're always charging them. Your batteries uh, die out. You already have some charging. Uh, put them in and go. Okay. So, so the spy sponge is a, a rechargeable battery. Yes, these are and all you're rechargeable. Get, you're getting a. Uh, you could probably use a. You could use a Duracell or whatever if you wanted yep. to. Yep. But you, uh, you, you got somebody to make you batteries. Yeah. So we we've actually, um, you know, um, we we've been able to meet up with a lot of good manufacturers that supply us yeah. with the chargers and the batteries and the lights and the the kits and the whole nine yards. So that was interesting too. So not being yeah. in the industry, not knowing where to go. You know, I'm a nobody, so I'm not going to get the buying power. And that was just at the, you know, getting the buying power is, um, yeah, huge for a company that has, uh, is in that industry already and has the relationships. And the more you sell, the better your margins get because you're getting discounts on thing on the, those types of things. You're building those, uh, key relationships. I mean, more so than my product, you have to develop more, more, uh, relationships with, uh, manufacturers. Right, right. That's a exactly. little different. Yeah. Um, cool. Jake Greeley with the with the spy yep. sponge. Um, from from the meager beginnings in his shop, boring out holes with the cigar to yep. 
to uh, you know possibly licensing this thing and really blowing it up uh, nationally and globally. Um, do you have a pearl of wisdom that you can bestow upon the drywall industry uh, that you could put on a billboard or something? One question I would have to a person like you that runs a ton of finishers would be surrounding like training. If you had had a, like a pearl of wisdom that you could bestow on like people that are out there looking for workers, because you probably deal with this a lot, training people up, getting new workers, finding new, keeping new workers. Like there's gotta be a pearl of wisdom in there that you could tell, like if somebody's looking for one or two guys and they just can't find anybody, you're like, right. you're training these dudes every week. Yep. You know, I'm sure you have a ton of turnover. How do you navigate that, man? So, so you, you know, you gotta, you gotta work out a system. You gotta work out a system that is consistent on every single job. And mine is that, um, you know, we do coach these individuals up. We don't change their system. There are a few things that we do differently, such as, you know, we pre-fill prior to taping with, with Durabon 90 lightweight. Uh, that is a change that some guys might, or, or women come up here and they, they've never been taught to pre-fill. They just start taping. So yeah. that's like a mandatory <laughs> thing that we have. And then ultimately, uh, well, you don't, you don't, you don't need to pre-fill, do you? Uh, myself personally depends on the hanging crew that I go behind. <laughs> That's true. Or the quality of the sheetrock, right? The quality of the sheetrock. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I would say creating those systems um, to help with the quality. I would say, honestly, the biggest thing would be uh, for tapers is uh, always inspecting after them, taking that time, flash a light. Uh, it always helps because once it's painted, if they missed a few areas, it can cost you, you know, with your builders, I would say, you know, I have a lot of systems in place, um, but yeah. if it comes to your recruiting tapers, um, I really look for people that are coachable. Um, you know, people are stuck in their ways, but I, I do recruit individuals that might be qualified, you know, are qualified, but they don't have the best attitudes and I'll pass on them where we'll have somebody that's at yeah. least willing to be coachable. And if I say, Hey, on every single job, you need to check it with a light, use a spy sponge. But if you choose not to, you still have to use a light. I coach them that way yeah. and, and doing, doing something like that on a volume basis is, you know, it pays dividends. So finding those individuals that are at least coachable and are willing to, you know, listen to, yeah. you know, maybe some suggestions. <clears throat> Your workers might disagree with me, but do you feel like you, uh, do you pay well, like guys that are good? Do you pay them well? Yeah. Yep. You know, we actually recruit nationwide. So okay. I just don't recruit locally. Uh, we recruit nationwide. We have a whole process in place. Um, in Interesting. New York. So you'll like reach out, you'll reach out like, like online or. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we have a whole, you know, webpage, ashfordgypsum.com. Um, okay. We advertise throughout Facebook um, all throughout the country. And then, um, you know, in New York, it's different. Um, there's no subbing to a sub of like, so if you're a drywaller, you can't sub to another drywaller. If you're a builder or GC, you can sub to a drywaller. So you just can't bring up people and, okay, they get insurance and they're a 1099, a DBA. So everybody that works for us, they're on the books, uh, employees. Yeah, smart. And so, so the, you know, we handle that, but uh, we're also doing anywhere from 20 to 30 residential homes a week typically. Okay. And then we do commercials. So one of the things that we offer is that, you know, you're paid every Friday 
you have a work or an address every single week. You're, you do not have that downtime. Uh, so we pay, you know, in our opinions, very well. Um, yeah, we, we pay more than anyone around here. Um, okay. But, but I know there's places where, hey, there's a military base or there's a hotel and they pay yeah. a premium, but right. it's not long term work. So for what we offer, yeah, no, we pay. We pay okay. well. Yeah, you have to. Cool. Jake Creeley, man. Th I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on yeah. the drywall podcast today. This Thanks was fun, right? You, oh, uh, absolutely. yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool to, to uh, flesh out this spy sponge thing and sort of see where it came from and, uh, talk about the little nuts and bolts. We probably could, we probably could go longer, but, uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. No, thanks for having me and make sure to send me your uh, address. Cause I'm going to send you some kits. Well, I need to send you a, uh, I need to get your address and send you some swag and uh, um, stuff too. CSR is actually going to start putting together swag bags okay. for, uh, for the drywall podcast. I don't know. Maybe he should throw a spy sponge in the swag bag for, yeah, for, for, him, yeah. for guests that come on the show. If you're willing to that, uh, uh, I'll let him know that uh, put in a three-way put in a spy yeah. sponge, a uh, pair of rip it gloves, like whatever, you know, some, some cool stuff for our, uh, for people that come on and, and get interviewed. Absolutely. Yeah. Be more than cool. happy to. Cool. All right, bud. Well, you have a good rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Likewise. Take care. All right. Take it easy. Special thanks to Jake Creeley for being on the Drywall Podcast today, sharing with us your story about the Spy Sponge. We really appreciate it. You can listen to the Drywall Podcast on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and also YouTube. Join us every Friday with a new episode. This month's Podcasts are brought to you by Platformer Solutions. You can listen to me talk with Shane Larson about the Platformer on episode 16 of the Drywall Podcast. Don't sacrifice your life with knockoffs or two by fours out of the dumpster. Go with the name that started it all, the Platformer. Ask your local distributor or order online at www platformersolutions.com in fact if you order in the month of february and use promo code p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can get a hundred off your order the drywall podcast was also brought to you by fresco harmony fresco harmony making walls better since 2004 if you would like information about the podcast fresco harmony or anything you can get in touch with me directly at info at frescoharmony.com thank you so much for joining the drywall podcast today i really appreciate it i hope you have a fantastic weekend and remember keep drywalling <laughs>